And now, Thriller Thursdays on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Chapter 7 Kit Baxter hopped from the car and moved to open the door for her employer, only to find that he had stepped out onto the narrow street himself and was scanning the area with the intensity of the red panda. She gave her head a little shake. They were mixing their metaphors here and no mistake. Back in Toronto, every moment in which her dear old boss appeared as August Fenwick, he was wearing a carefully constructed persona, a veneer of uselessness that meant few ever considered him twice, and no one would ever have used the words Fenwick and adventure in the same sentence. But since they had got off the plane, things were different. It helped that they were extremely unlikely to be recognized, she knew, but openly involving their secret identities in an adventure like this was pretty strictly against the rules— she wondered if he had been bluffing when he told El Nemeo that August Fenwick was on a South American cruise, or if he had an agent planted on the Amazon Star right now. If she had to guess, she supposed it would prove to be the latter, even though she couldn't tell how long it would be before she had a quiet moment to ask him about it. She didn't like bringing this El Nemeo with them, that much she knew. Something about the man set her teeth on edge. She watched as he made his way around the car to stand beside the boss. She smiled to herself as she saw El Namir scanning the nearby streets and buildings. It was possible, she supposed, that he was on guard for agents of this Thatcher and Pavley he'd spoken of, but she suspected that he was really looking for Behiti. She wondered what he would do if he knew how close by that deadly girl really was. When Kit was absolutely certain Fenwick had his eye on Elnamir, she turned to survey the neighborhood herself. It had not taken many minutes on their drive toward Giza to leave the wide avenues and handsome cars of downtown Cairo behind, in favor of narrow alleys and houses that were not much more than huts. She considered them carefully. There were interested faces peeping out toward the big car and its passengers, and Kit was careful enough to be wary of danger from any direction— but she was never one to assume that someone was dangerous or less than trustworthy just because they were poor. She knew perfectly well that, had she been born an Egyptian, it would almost certainly have been into a neighborhood just like this one, if she was lucky. A small boy came close, clearly taken with the car, and Kit waved him over. He might have been ten years old, maybe a little less, and he approached cautiously. Kit pointed to him, then toward her own eyes, then to the car. He nodded eagerly, accepting the assignment, and Kit pressed a coin into his hand. She didn't really have a grasp on the local currency yet, but the boy's eyes opened wide at the sight of the coin, and she reckoned that he was on the job. She moved away and stepped close to where El Namir was quietly talking to the Red Panda. "'It feels like a mistake, Fenwick Effendi,' the smaller man said, "'starting at the beginning like this. Maxwell Falcone may be far from here.' The trail of the eye may have led him to Alexandria, as he supposed it might. Fenwick's brows knit. Alexandria, he asked. This is the first I've heard of this. Elnimir shrugged. Forgive me, Effende. I do not yet know of what I may safely speak. I believe that you are Falcone's friend, but what if you are yet another enemy, or a rival treasure hunter? Fenwick smiled. 
"'I hope that I can convince you, Elnemir,' he said, "'but time is not a luxury which we have in abundance. "'Which house is it?' "'Elnemir pointed at the most modest of dwellings on the street, "'little more than a stone hut, but there was light within. "'Fenwick nodded and looked to his driver. "'Come on,' he said. "'Elnemir made a noise of protest. "'Sir, you must know you will insult the old man "'if you bring into his home a woman with her head uncovered.' Kit looked up toward the cap upon her head. It was not like her regular chauffeur's cap at all, but it was roomier and looser on top which made it easier to tuck up her hair if she wished. She was rather pleased with it, really, and accentuated it with a pair of driving goggles that were, in reality, the special multi-purpose goggles from one of her squirrel cowls. Kit Baxter was not a vain girl by nature, but she did know a nice hat when she saw it, and she strongly suspected that she looked quite good. "'What's wrong with the hat?' she scowled. "'Effendi,' Elnamir protested without looking at her. "'It is tradition.' Fenwick nodded. "'All right, Elnamir,' he said. "'Kit, unless I am very much mistaken, "'if you walk up the hill at the end of the street, "'you should have a very fine view of the pyramids.' "'But, boss,' she protested before meeting his eyes, "'there was just a hint of amusement in them, "'a twinkle that he didn't let very many people see.' He knew she wanted to hear what the old man said, if indeed he was a mystic with whom Max had consulted. But he really did want her to see the pyramids. Yes, boss, she said with a very small pout of her lips and turned up the street. The young boy she had guarding the car was taking his duties fairly seriously, scolding other children to stand back. Kit met his eyes and nodded with a smile, and he grinned delightedly as she walked past. The hill was steep, and her mind was briefly far away, but she realized almost at once that she was not alone. To her surprise, Elnamir had come with her rather than duck into the small stone hut with the boss. He shrugged and smiled at Kit as she saw him. "'It is best that they should talk alone,' he said simply. Kit turned back toward the hut, but found it difficult to believe that the Red Panda would encounter anything within its walls that he could not handle. She said nothing, and turned back to the road." They walked on in silence for another twenty feet before coming over the crest of the hill. The dirt road turned to drifting desert sand beneath their feet. Kit looked up and gasped. There they were, still quite a distance away, sitting just exactly as they had for many thousands of years. The biggest one, the one she thought was called the Pyramid of Cheops, was the closest, with two more behind. Between the place where she stood and the monuments themselves there was an expanse of open desert and what looked to be a smaller settlement of buildings, no doubt there to service visitors to these wonders. It was all still quite a distance away, but somehow that made it even more striking to Kit, and suddenly she was overwhelmed by how far she had travelled. Kit Baxter had a way of setting her nose to the grindstone and focusing on the task at hand. It wasn't a bad trait, and no doubt it had kept her alive in her adventures as the Flying Squirrel, but it meant that she had never really taken stock of where she was until just now. Kit Baxter, who had spent most of her youth within the space of a few blocks of her old neighborhood, and almost never left the city where she was born, was suddenly a world away within sight of these ancient wonders. She felt very small, as if she had been caught spying upon gods. Elnamir was quiet for a moment, but when he spoke he sounded pleased. "'I have lived in Egypt all my life,' he said, "'and I never tire of watching people see them for the first time.' She smiled and said nothing. 
She could always go back to not trusting him later if she wanted. They stood in silence for another few minutes. "'Your master will likely be some time with the old man,' Elnamir said. "'Would you like to walk along with me? "'They do grow more beautiful with every step closer.' Kit shook her head. "'No thanks, Mr. Elnamir,' she said. "'I'll go sightseeing when we've found our friend.' Elnamir nodded gravely. "'You are close with Maxwell Falcone as well, little one?' he asked gently. She nodded, still staring at the great monuments but almost not seeing them or the expanse of desert beyond. "'Sure,' she said. "'Maybe not as close as the boss, but you know how it is.' Her thoughts turned back to meeting the mysterious Mr. Falcone, to learning his secret, and that he had served as one of the Red Panda's mentors. The stranger could do some pretty incredible things. Somehow that wasn't what you remembered about him after meeting him. He may or may not still be one of the Earth's mightiest sorcerers, but he was kind.' and he was charming, and he understood certain things that no one else seemed to know, that no one else was allowed to know. Falcone had understood in an instant exactly how she really felt about the Red Panda, and more importantly, he had kept it to himself. They hadn't even really spoken of it, not properly. Kit had been too embarrassed, too worried that Falcone would see her as a silly girl with a crush, but he hadn't. He was a real gentleman and a good friend. After all, this... It was the most important fact in Kit Baxter's life, and she spent most of her time and energy pretending it wasn't true. Somehow, having someone else know her secret made it feel more real, and she would always be grateful to Falcone for that. She was every bit as determined to find him as the Red Panda was, and much like the pyramids had, her worry for Falcone's safety had crept up on her all at once, and she found it overwhelming. El Namir said nothing, but turned and looked back down the hill. Kit supposed that he was checking on the car, but she had confidence in the young boy she had left on guard, and kept her gaze firmly in the middle distance. It was another minute before she heard the footsteps behind her on the dirt road. Five, maybe six sets of them. All at once she knew that Elnamir had been signaling to someone waiting in the streets below. She glared at the traitor as she turned, stepping back several feet, sinking into the soft sand as she did so. There were... In fact, seven of them, all dressed in shabby robes. Not exactly the executive class of henchmen, but they grinned like wolves as they closed on the girl. "'Do not fear,' Elnamir said soothingly. "'You will not be harmed. You are closer to your master than his assassin is. He will be most cooperative to recover a fair young flower such as yourself.' There were some dark chuckles from the crowd of toughs as they spread out in a semicircle to hem her in. Perhaps, Elnamir said with a serpent's smile, we can even lure Maxwell Falcone himself out of hiding if we send him a lock of your fiery red hair. Kit flipped her goggles down over her eyes and settled back into a guard stance, ready for anything. Nobody touches the hair, she said grimly. So, do you like comedy? If you do, then Friday Follies might be just the feed for you. From the Mutual Audio Network, every Friday we bring you a selection of hilarious audio drama. And you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Friday Follies, or you could subscribe to the main Mutual Audio Network feed. It's up to you. Find us there. 
the Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together.